So welcome back, everyone. This is, again, Angie Hambrick. I am the Assistant Vice President of Diversity, Justice, and Sustainability in Student Life, and I'm so excited to be bringing to you all the second in our series of Diversity Center Alumni Podcast. Today, we have three very distinguished guests who are going to... (laughs) They're all looking at me like they don't believe me. You are very (laughs) distinguished guests to um, have a conversation about um, one of our great programs and opportunities here, which is Study Away and Study Away in Trinidad and Tobago. So we have with us Mr. Earl Lovelace, who is a award-winning author and was this year's speaker at the 2018 Calista Brown Common Reading Lecture that happened on September 25th. The title of his talk was Setting People at Liberty. So welcome, Mr. Lovelace. Thank you very much. Next, we have Dr. Barbara Temple Thurston, or I call her Beebs. That's just for us. Barbara is a retired professor of English here at uh, Pacific Lutheran University and is the founder of the Trinidad Gateway Program, which will be celebrating 25 years in 2019. So, hey, Barbara. Hi, Angie. Thank you for having me. And finally, last but certainly not least, is Shalandra Harris. Shalandra graduated from PLU with both her BA in Arts and Communication and a Master's of Science in Marketing Research from PLU. This past summer, she has served as a content specialist intern in marketing communication. So, hey, Shalandra. Hey, Angie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, there are three reasons why we're doing this podcast. Well, four, because the first reason is I just really like these people and I look forward <laughs> to having a conversation. There is a lot of intergenerational conversation that has been happening that has been really wonderful. But so the second reason why this podcast is that um, Mr. Lovelace served on the faculty, um, in the English faculty back in the 1990s um, and is currently living in Trinidad. So to have him here on campus is a pretty big deal and we're really happy to have him. So we wanted to take advantage of his visit. Um, as I mentioned before, 2019 will be the 25th anniversary of the Trinidad um, Gateway Program um, and then also 12 years of the JTERN Program in Tobago. So We have a history with Trinidad and Tobago that we want to uplift and celebrate. So this will be a is also a great time to have these conversations and plug uh, next year in 2019 of July of 2019. The Diversity Center is taking an alumni trip to Trinidad and Tobago to celebrate the 25 years of the Gateway Program and the 12 years of the J-Term Program. So we'll be in Trinidad and Tobago July 22nd through the 29th. Um, So this is another way for us to uplift our PLU connection to the beautiful Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago um, and to get folks interested in the Gateway Program, Mr. Lovelace's work, and our trip in July as well. So really excited to be here. My first question that I want to direct to Barbara and Barbara bring in folks as um, you see fit, but I'm wondering why Trinidad and Tobago 25 years ago or maybe 26 years ago when you decided to create a a program, a study away opportunity for students, why did you choose Trinidad? Mm, Well, it's a long story, Angie, but I'll try and keep it short. Actually, the first thing I wanted to do when I got to PLU in 1990 was... uh, 
do a program that went to Africa, to South Africa specifically, which is my home. And um, I thought it would be wonderful to take PLU kids there. The current international committee said that that was too far away. Mm. Uh, it wasn't going to work. It wouldn't be a, 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 an option. So uh, I thought again, and I had visited Jamaica um, briefly, so I, and, and that, had, that had really impressed me. Uh, so I wondered about Jamaica, but then I had also met a, a, a Caribbean professor from Trinidad and Tobago called Ken Ramchand, who you may have uh, heard of. Mm-hmm. And Ken had said to me when I spoke highly of, of Jamaica, he said, but Trinidad and Tobago is a much more <laughs> diverse and interesting and fascinating country. You should come there. So the first thing I actually did was take students for a J term in 1993 mm. to Trinidad and Tobago just for the January term. Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be such a phenomenal eye-opening experience for all of us. Carnival preparation was in full swing. Uh, so we got a little taste of the amazing creativity and, and uh, zest for life that, that exists down there. Mm-hmm. But what I discovered was that a month was just not long enough. And certainly everybody came back wondering, well, how does this thing play out, this whole um, festival that is renowned throughout the world? So that's initially how how Trinidad and Tobago came about, mm-hmm. because from there we worked on a... Uh, the committee was happy with, with a semester program being developed in Trinidad and Tobago, and um, from then I, I worked on that. And as you, you know, you know the rest. <laughs> I do. I do. Who um, were some of your collaborators? Who were some of the folks that you worked with when you were creating the program? Well, when I got to Trinidad doing work on the uh, J-Term program, uh, Professor Ramchand introduced me to Earl Lovelace, yeah, who has <laughs> been a long uh, friend ever since, a long-term friend ever since then. So mm-hmm. we have uh, worked together. Earl was very instrumental in helping us uh, make connections, particularly uh, with the Ministry of, of uh, Culture down there and also uh, with Mr. Fullerton, who ran the cultural side of the program for many, many years. And, of course, his own influence throughout the country. I mean, everybody knows Earl. When you move with Earl, you have access to mm-hmm. to just about anybody in the country. So um, Ken, Earl, uh, Fuller... Uh, those were our uh, John Cupid. I can't forget John Cupid, uh, Mr. Cupid, who everybody who has done the Trinidad program remembers with fondness. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just a wealth of information, particularly about a folk carnival, traditional carnival. So those are some of the the, the many, many, many people. Sure. You know, and I, I hate to even uh, name people because you leave so many people out, mm-hmm. but. Uh, those were the ones that helped us helped us form the basis of the program. Mm-hmm. Mr. Lovelace, if you can recall, what did you think of this school in the middle of the Pacific Northwest having an interest in coming and studying in Trinidad? What were you, what were your initial thoughts of that? Well, I, I don't know. I, I hadn't been here before, so I didn't know. I mean, it was PLU was somewhere in the distant Northwest. Mm-hmm. But I think what um, encouraged me to lend whatever assistance I could is that Barbara and the kind of program that they developed. Because when I look at what the cultural program developed, 
it was, I would think, better than what we had in Trinidad itself. Mm. Because, and that really impressed me that the students coming from here would find out, would know more about Trinidad, were introduced to more about Trinidad than if you were a student going to school in Trinidad. And that was very impressive, you know. And I think also it gave them a safe place from which to engage the society, engage the country. And that was something, you know, that you could assist with. So, Shalandra, you studied away in the Trinidad Gateway Program in 2016. So out of all the places in the world that you could have studied away, why did you choose Trinidad? Um, I knew pretty much my freshman year I was going to go to Trinidad. Um, I had so many friends and peers that went um, and had amazing times. Um, anyone who's went to Trinidad or who's went to PLU knows of John Adams or um, Nicole Jordan, Chris Jordan, just many other names that really stood out in my PLU experience, and Trinidad was a part of theirs, and I wanted that to be mine as well. And just from the assortment of different gateway not even gateway programs, but different uh, study way options here at PLU. I just knew that Trinidad stood out to me specifically because I was in a campus that no one really resembled myself. And I wanted to go to a country where I could see other brown and black bodies on campus in a teaching setting and a learning setting and a cultural set, different cultural setting. And so I was just really excited to, to go somewhere different that I didn't really know much about. And so it was really a leap of faith for me. I can't be anything but grateful for my experience. And I see exactly why John and Nicole and Chris mm-hmm. and everyone else that I knew loved it so much. Barbara, you mentioned um, that part of going extending the program from a J term to the semester program is that students, so that students would be able to experience Carnival um, and the cultural significance of Carnival. Can you talk about some of the other goals of the program and what did you envision students getting out of their <coughs> experience there? Yes, in fact, uh, Carnival was a was a, a wonderful cherry, if you like, on, on the top of this this fantastic place. But really and truly, uh, when I came to PLU, I found the university to be a pretty white campus, as you uh, well know. Yep. And I also found students very reluctant to engage in discussion about color or in friendships with people of color. There was a there was a a, a real almost a fear Um, in our students. They didn't want to say, they're they're very well-meaning, but they didn't want to say the wrong thing, uh, call somebody by the wrong name. You know, it was was kind of awkward in the, the, uh, I mean, the U.S. is like that. Look, I come from South Africa where everybody talked about uh, yeah. You know, race mm-hmm. back and forth quite comfortably, or not always comfortably, but mm-hmm. th- they talked about it. Uh, whereas uh, what I found here was a difficult subject to engage. So I thought what would be wonderful is to have students go down to Trinidad and be placed into a completely different milieu. Our white students would be in the classroom with black mm-hmm. professors, with black students, smart you know, really, it would really be a a, um, a challenge uh, for them, and it would be a life changing experience. And honestly, that's what it it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. And then black students would have the opportunity, as you expressed so well, mm-hmm. you know, to just be comfortable and breathe in an environment where you actually were the majority. So the idea of our our students becoming a minority. The other thing is that Trinidad and Tobago is such a, a wonderful place for that because. 
the, 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 the Trinidadians are so welcoming. I mean, mm-hmm. our students felt so welcome, you know, all the students. And uh, there was no tension. It was, it's been, I think, a, a life change. I mean, I still get letters and emails from mm-hmm. students saying, you know, changed my life, made me uh, a different person. So um, just through exposure and interaction and friendship with ethnically and culturally and religiously diverse people was uh, an experience that the students were thrown into and that, that uh, I think they got so much from. So that was really the overarching idea. Having come from a country so wrecked by difficulties, this, was, this just seemed an opportunity that students mm-hmm. could benefit from. <clears throat> Did you find it? Did you find yeah. that, Earl? Well, I think Trinidad is also has a sense of welcoming. I yes. think that it was also quite welcoming to the students. And I think it was a good fit, a good mix, that Trinidad was welcoming and the students, as it were, took advantage of it and became, and began to go to, I think this part of the program was organized, they would go to teach at some schools or do something somewhere and be exposed to people who were themselves trying. I'm thinking about Malik, being exposed to the Malik folk performers who were doing native or or folk dances, who were dealing with speech bands, who were dealing with carnival. And so that, I think the way they, I think really both Trinidad and the way the program was organized, I think was was important. Mm -hmm. Because it was organized in such a way one, to make people feel at home, to f- make them contribute to something, to engage the culture that they were living in, you know, here in Trinidad. And they were good <laughs> students as well. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. very good people, you know. So that was, that was also very, very, very useful. Yeah, I think it's important to, what Earl is referring to are the different aspects of the program because... For one thing, the university ha- is based on the, the old British tradition, the University of Trinidad, um, of the West Indies. Mm. And although it's changed radically since then, there was still a sense that to really succeed in life, you had to go through the university and almost become more Europeanized, would you say, or yeah, Westernized? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so there was this kind of divide a little bit between the, the, the folk culture or the non-elite, if you like, and the elite university folk. And yeah. what, what <clears throat> uh, we did very intentionally was we placed our students in a, a, a space, a living space, that was among the ordinary people. Although there were students, other students staying at the uh, the private facilities that we had, our students participated mm-hmm. with the Malik folk performance. Mm-hmm. They spent a lot of time. Those mm-hmm. were not students who right. traditionally went to university. These were mm-hmm. the uh, young mm-hmm. people who, you know, were finding a, a different path, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't going to leave and go to the U.S. or England or somewhere for graduate school. So there was one foot in the in the community, one foot in the university, so that they had both those experiences. And then we also had them do a, a service. <coughs> I don't know if Sorry. you still do the service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. program where they did a certain number of hours a week at at, at different places mm-hmm. um, and and engaged with folks there under the supervision of Trinidadians. Right. 
And I thought I thought they came away in a way, and that is what I'm saying when I said they knew more about the mm -hmm. culture in a way than the students in Trinidad. And that gave them a certain breadth without they necessarily even thinking about it or understanding it. And, and a relatedness to the ordinary people mm -hmm. so that they were felt free and as part, and not saying absolutely, totally immersed, mm -hmm. but they were very comfortable with the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and people with them once they got to know them. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree <clears> with that. Um, when people ask me, um, I have a Trinidad flag in my car, or if I have anything that resembles um, Trinidad and I get the chance to talk about it, I always get asked the first question, are you Trinidadian? Um, I'm dark complexioned, and so I could say yes, but I'm like, no, I'm American, <laughs> sadly. Um, but um, I always tell people that I lived in Trinidad. I never, I studied there, yes, but I lived there. We, we lived like like normal people. We lived, if, if anything, a little bit less uh, luxurious than some of our classmates. Um, I remember the first time having a conversation with one of my friends um, from Trinidad and figuring out that they had AC and that they had cable <laughs> and things that, like, I was like, oh, I figured no one had that here. And so it was just cool to know that we were doing things that everybody was doing. We were walking to school. We were going to the market. We were going to the grocery stores. Um, we were participating um, in riding the ferry over to Tobago and doing the jazz festival. Um, so we really could do anything that we really wanted to within the limits, um, which were safe, um, and that as long as we let our coordinator know where we were. We were pretty much able to do whatever we wanted to in Trinidad, which was very exciting. And a lot of a lot of freedom that at first was very overwhelming, especially I've grown up in Tacoma my whole life. And so my personal, another personal reason for me leaving away from school was just to have that experience of mm -hmm. going away for college. <clears throat> I never had that. Um, I lived about, you know, I don't know, 16 stoplights away from PLU. And so <laughs> this is my first time getting on a flight and going away for school. Great. And so even though it was my junior year in college, I felt like a freshman that was getting that experience of, okay, I'm going to get the chance to restart my room and my parents aren't going to be here and I'm going <laughs> to have to make friends with people I live with. But it ended up being like a family. We were all in it together. Um, we did all of these events, countless events, um, different religious events, different musical events. Um, and I feel like one of the biggest rewards Trinidad gave me was getting out of my comfort zone, but in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. So some of the things you guys have already mentioned, um, just how we really took advantage of the different cultural pieces um, of, that Trinidad had to offer. And so sometimes it was a little challenging to, to learn to learn the dialect. Um, even though it was English, we still had to learn um, how, to, how to understand mm -hmm. um, Patois. Um, it was different um, navigating the weather. Um, obviously, coming from the Pacific Northwest, even just the climate was a, was a different mm -hmm. challenge. But by the end of it, I still remember my mom asking me, are you ready to come home and getting mad at me? Because I'd say no. <laughs> I'd say, like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not I'm, ready. I'm getting sad. And my family would be like, why don't you want to come home? And I'd always just be like, I just wish you guys could come here and experience it because it's so hard to describe the feeling that Trinidad mm -hmm. gives you. Um, it's it's just such a different feeling, and um, it's really one of those questions that I dreaded coming home. Of everyone asking me how was it, because um, mm -hmm. all I can say is great, because I just feel like <laughs> when I try to list the things, it, it disqualifies something else, and so it's just like I can't really explain what my experience was like in one or a hundred minutes. It's kind of like the little thing. So when I'm somewhere and I and I recognize mm -hmm. something that I saw in Trinidad, or if I ate something that reminded me, the other day I had some goat curry and I was like, wow, Where I wish I was in Trinidad. I was at this uh, Indian restaurant <laughs> in Puyallup, so, you know. But it was like little things like that that makes you want to pursue those little trinkets that remind you of Trinidad. And it makes you feel like you still have a, a place in, in another part of the world. Mm -hmm. 
And I think what uh, what you're referring to is when you talk about the different elements that you engaged in is that the program uh, has a course, and I think you still do mm -hmm. it, the Culture and Society, Trinidad Culture and Society, right. yes. which brings in, and that's thanks to people like Earl, the most phenomenal people like to Chalk Dust come and talk yes. to you. Yeah, all these amazing, amazing people in every field, you know, in the environment, in, in music, in dance, in history, in, mm -hmm. in all those subjects. You have the top people in the nation come in and talk to you and, and uh, lecture to you and teach you about those things. And that's when Earl says you ended up knowing so much more uh, mm -hmm. about the culture mm -hmm. than, than even Trinidadians do. You are mm -hmm. very, very privileged to have all that. Mm -hmm. And it was arranged so, so for yeah. you. Being taught it, being somebody to explain it to you, the Trinidadians will probably pick it up because they live there. Mm -hmm. You know, but here's somebody who's addressing these various aspects of the culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was and is very important, you know. And actually, in we had to choose on occasions to look at a model for a program. At the, in fact, this would be a model one would recommend to the university in Trinidad and Tobago to, to get the students involved in the full culture and this, 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 you know and finding a way to really explore who we are really and you know what we are about and, and, and the place and the culture and, and the history. Mm -hmm. When we were out there, we weren't, of course, the only American students, but we were different from the other students because all the other students just lived on campus and stuck to a very tight routine and around, around the bubble of University of West Indies. And so we were known as the PLU students, the students that actually lived in the community and did things and wanted to explore. And so that was cool too, to know that like other programs and other American students looked at our program mm -hmm. and were, were jealous. They were like, I wanna do those things. How come you guys go to see Hahnemann's statue? Or why do you go to the mm -hmm. you know panorama? Like your program paid for that or you do Malik or you're going to carnival home and so homestays, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just this cool experience that we didn't even realize how privileged we were until about the middle of it by realizing like not everyone that comes here gets these experiences, especially Trinidadians themselves. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things we're learning, they don't know themselves. Um, and it's always said that you know more about somewhere you go to visit. And so I'm pretty sure I know more tri about Trinidad than I know about Washington State. <laughs> so it's not saying that Trinidadians don't right, know. Right, it's right. just, you know, going away, you spend extra time and yes. um, really learning another culture. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking that one of the things that uh, you're talking about is we were so much more privileged even than Trinidadians, mm -hmm. which is what right. led us, uh, led me to try to uh, find a way to pay back, mm -hmm. to give back the to programs. Trinidad. And that's when that's right. we got, we set the, mm -hmm. the scholarship program with right, the Trinidadian right. students. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that was your doing with yes. your, uh, um, with Joan Hugh Williams, yes, yes, Minister yes, of yes, Culture. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, Earl and, and Fuller were the two that helped us set up the whole, um, because they had, they had the influence with the minister. You know, mm -hmm. what were we going to do? We couldn't do that. So, <laughs> so uh, and, and she was fantastic. Yes, yes, she's really a wonderful person, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Barbara's, so that might be yeah she's speaking of um, a program that we had maybe for eight years. Yes, I think it was uh, about eight or, eight or nine years. Yeah, mm. of students from Trinidad and one from Tobago. Shout out to Kareem. That's who, right. <laughs> who would come to study at PLU right, right, to right, finish their right, 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 yeah. right. And I thought, and I was actually 
one of the persons who insisted in a kind of way that yeah. there be this kind of exchange, we, you know? This huh. re yeah. reciprocal yeah, thing. Yes, we yes, were yes, trying yes, to yes, do yes. a reciprocal thing. Why was that important to you, Mr. Lovelace? Because I think that people come, I think it would be fairer. <laughs> I think that we, your students will come and learn something and our students will come and learn something from mm -hmm. here too. And I know it probably wouldn't be the same kinds of things necessarily, but it would give the whole program a certain legitimacy, a certain feeling of, you know, that we, it's two hands clapping, as we say, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that that was, that was very important. And it was important for the students coming to know that there's some people who are leaving there and coming back here. Mm -hmm. you know, and who they can extend the same kind of courtesies to, you know, when they get here. And at first, uh, the University of West Indies now, I don't know, are they still free, the tuition, are they tuition free still, the university? I think they, well, Lots. I don't know how come, yeah, but pretty much they have gate, something called gate, you know, which... Right. Well, initially, when we were first there, they, they, they did not have free tuition. So there were young people in Trinidad who were qualified to go to university, but because they didn't have the means, couldn't attend university. Right, 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 right. So this was why we felt it would be a good way to pay back, because they could come and, and study here. So it was actually a, a full four-year scholarship. Mm -hmm. where students would come in and stay for four years. And the ministry and PLU shared the cost. Mm -hmm. So it was what, what Erlen and, and uh, Fullerton managed to organize with the ministry was huge because it was, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars uh, in terms of assisting PLU to have these students on our campus. And we benefited, of course, here tremendously, mm -hmm. as, as you, Angie, know. Mm -hmm. So we had a number of students graduate until yep. then. The, the Including the person who ran the program in Chicago? Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Candace, Candace Hughes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Mm -hmm. she, was our first, she was our first uh, student, yes. and she did phenomenally yeah. well, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in, in that respect, it's paid PLU back plenty. Mm -hmm. It was a great program. It was just a, 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 I think it was changes in the government that right, eventually right, 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 led right. to um, the, the program mm -hmm. sort of... Uh, right, and I think that in all of that, there's a certain spirit to the program, do I feel, that was important for you to, uh, to relate between the two places, between the students going there and the place. I think that there was a certain quality of spirit. It wasn't, uh, it was, you tell them, help me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know the words to. Right, to right, say. right, right. So I teach um, a the J-term course in social work that goes to Tobago. And it, it's looking at how care has to be culturally relevant and based in the community that you're caring for. So students job shadow in social services, in the medical field, and in education. And every time we start orientation, our first day of orientation for the course, I ask students the question of why Tobago? And some of them will say, you know, I'm really, I'm interested in the health field and I, I'm really excited to do some work in the hospital or I like kids and education. But always someone 
says or multiple folks say because it's beautiful and there's a beach and there, it's sunny mm. and once they figure out where it is, I have some students who don't even know where it is, which is an issue. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at a map. Um, but they talk about the sea, sand, and sun. And so one of the things that Mr. Lovelace and I started to talk about at lunch today was this question of what do we need to know about the Caribbean beyond sea, sun, and sand? And so I'm going to pose that question to you again, Mr. Lovelace. Well, I think um, you need to know the history. I think, I think it would be useful to know the history that we, here's another group of people struggling with some of the same problems and some of the same issues and that they can be overcome. I think that hopefully what Trinidad gives to people from here is a sense of the possibility. Mm. Not that we have a, achieved a whole lot, but we think it's possible. I think you get a certain sense that we can do better and that we can do better than we are, we have been doing. And that there is a relationship that you experience that suggests, yes, this is possible because you have felt it and you have experienced it, you know, because you line with the ordinary people, the students here, whether they're white or whoever they are, they go wherever they go, you know, and people take care of them and they're, you know, and there's a certain sense that they're part of a family if you want, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that that is one of the things that the place gives. From I've seen it, I've seen it perhaps more from the point of view of the students here mm -hmm. than from the students there. Because what I what is there would be the organization, Fuller, Malik folk performers, you know, things like that, the carnival. These are institutions already in existence there. And when they function well, they can invite people and make them feel at home and help them to do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. You know? And I would say that what backs that up, uh, what Earl is talking about, is also the curriculum that PLU has built um, here at PLU. Uh, my position, for one, you know, post-colonial literature, I mean, students learn about uh, the, the, um, the issues of colonialism. So if they have taken those classes, which they should have, preferably if they're going to a place like Trinidad and Tobago, that helps them out. Um, they have an understanding a little bit of, of colonialism and then they witness uh, <laughs> the aftermath of colonialism. Mm -hmm. And I think they see what Earl has said, that it can be overcome. But that in the, the, the carnival itself, the folk uh, culture, the, the, you know, the folk carnival, you see those characters that came out of the history of, of, of the country that it's 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 kind of like the memory of the of mm -hmm. the culture mm -hmm. which is which is uh, very fascinating because you see it lived you see that whole mm -hmm. um, it's not just history it's history <clears throat> as you as you seeing it happen mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and yeah. and and one of the things you might want to talk about in terms of i mean Trinidad and the students is the whole question of pan still mm. pan mm -hmm. you know and I don't know what would, I mean, I would like to ask these questions. What, what does PLU have in mind for the future? Mm -hmm. I think it's important for PLU having gone 25 years. Yes, mm -hmm. it'll be 25. No, to kind of consider what you want to do now, what, what, or what can be done, what can be helped, what can grow out of this relationship, you know, for mutual benefit. 
You know? That actually was like my final question about kind of <laughs> <laughs> where do we go next? <clears throat> where where does the program go? Where, you know, folks who who might be going on our alumni trip in July who won't take classes and that sort of thing to kind of prepare and prep for the class. What are things that they also need to know? So where do we go Good. next with Trinidad and Tobago? Right. Good. Well, you see, I mean, in, in the talk that I was talking about, you know, we were talking about reparation and we were talking about, I was thinking that we need to make the pursuit of freedom something big and grand and fun, hmm. you know, I mean, and I, I'm thinking, how can a program like the Trinidad program help this, help this kind of project? How can it help to bring at the center the idea that freeing everybody is freeing yourself? Mm -hmm. How can it, you know, the idea that you are exuberant about it? It is not something that you do because somebody dragging you down and saying, oh, God, please do this and free this, you know. <laughs> right. It's because you want to do it, and it's a lovely thing to do. And I think that this kind of relation, you know, with, 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 with PLU and, and Trinidad can help in some ways to do that. And I'm, I'm wondering what role can PAN play, for example, in that regard? Where do we go moving forward, Barbara? Well, I think the program is in very good hands. Greg Utes uh, is now the director, and uh, Greg has been active in the program from day, almost mm. day one. You know, he was uh, uh, worked with me all the way through my, uh, my tenure there, and uh, so he knows the program extremely well. I think he understands uh, its potential. He understands its worth, and I think he's working hard to... to um, to foster uh, and, and keep the program alive. And of course, Candace has uh, both the experience of, of uh, PLU and this culture. She knows, she knows PLU culture and American culture very well. And she also understands her own culture and has gone on to do mm -hmm. graduate degrees mm -hmm. uh, for, after doing her, her degree here at PLU. Uh, so she and her degree is in 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 culture as well. So so she is well placed. Um, I think uh, Mr. Lovelace has got a very good point, and I would like to see him work with Greg and 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 uh, yeah. and um, Candice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's you know possibly. Yeah. Do you want to work with me too in J turn? Of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, just to just to put in a plug for the Tobago program, that Tobago program we helped start. It was the Trinidad program for th in the nursing program. It was a nursing program to, to start with. And then the dean of nursing changed, and so it went to, to uh, social work. And I think that's been a great thing. And to see you get so involved now, Angie, and, and working and, and uh, running the program is fantastic. Uh, so, yes, I think the whole thing is coming. I think it is moving. It's moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you've got resources like Mr. Lovelace in Trinidad and others. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I leave it in your very capable hands, oh, all of you. <laughs> very good. Uh, well, I want to thank my three guests for being here. At the end of our podcast, we always do shout outs. Y'all know what shout outs are? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, shout out. Where's the shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that you want to say hello to or hey to, 
on the podcast. So I'll start. So I'm going to give a shout out to the students who came and studied at PLU from Trinidad. So I'm giving shout outs to Candace, Maurice, Leona, Kevin, Keegan, Avalon, Giselle, and Rayanne. Hope y'all are well. I miss y'all. Yeah, uh, I want to give a shout out to all the D-Center alumni that I hopefully get to see um, this upcoming summer in uh, Tobago. So hopefully those of you who've experienced Trinidad and those of you who haven't um, are able to come out. All right, I will shout out to <laughs> Malik, folk performers and all the people who, you know, uh, support the program in Trinidad yep. and Tobago. And Tobago. And I will shout out to uh, my friends in Trinidad, Fuller, uh, Pat Turpin, who's worked with right. us in the environment in Tobago, and all the Mollick folk, as well as Ken Ramchand and his, his family. But I also want to shout out to all those alums from the many years, from 1995 all the way through to mm-hmm. who went through Trinidad with me to 2015. So uh, all of those folks, I still know many of your names. I still see your faces in my dreams. And we had wonderful times. So big shout out to you. Hope you're all doing fantastically. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much again. If you all want to find more um, about the Trinidad Gateway Program or the J-Term Program in Tobago, check out the Wong Center. Um, website. If you're interested in uh, traveling with us, the D-Center alumni, in July of 2019, check out our website, diversity-center forward slash alumni, and there'll be more information posted. We hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us. Till next time.